Welcome to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us today. Soil health is a topic that's generated a lot of interest in agriculture recently. I know I get a lot of questions from farmers who are wanting to better understand soil health, what it is, how to measure it and improve it, and what benefits better soil health provides. As a result, OSU has begun to focus research efforts shining light on soil health. And today we have Dr. Steve Coleman, our state soil fertility specialist, joining us to share what we're learning and how you can get involved. So welcome, Steve. Thanks for joining us. Could you take a moment and introduce yourselves to our listeners? Well, hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Uh, My name is Steve Coleman. I'm an associate professor of soil fertility uh, based up in Worcester. Do a lot of work with um, fertilizer management, nutrient management, and increasingly more in soil health and thinking about how soil health might um, help inform our total picture of fertility of the soil, not just thinking about fertilizers and nutrients, but thinking about kind of the overall overarching health of that soil. So happy to be here today to talk with you. Yeah, you do all kinds of excellent work. I mean, you're probably most known for your work with the update of the tri-state. And luckily that's in the past now. So you get to switch gears and work on some new types of projects. And I'm really excited that soil health is one of those things we're getting to work on with you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. I've never, uh, never imagined that uh, people would care so much about soil when I went into grad school, but uh, here we are. It's, uh, it's a good time to be a soil scientist and, and working on uh, a topic that a lot of people are interested in. So to start off with today, for someone who maybe has been living under a rock and hasn't heard of soil health yet, could you give us a description about you know, what soil health means? Yeah, it's a question we get a lot, you know, you know, there's some frustration for some circles about that it might be too vague or too this or that, but really it's, it's in some ways a repackaging of some of the the same old ideas that have been around and um, just kind of what I would call classic soil conservation and, and thinking about soils from a resource perspective. Um, of course, the idea we bring in this word health and that's a an intuitive concept for a lot of people because we can relate that health and kind of this overall well-being uh, to ourselves personally and, and what's going on in our own bodies. And if we think of soil, and you know, I think the word this word soil health has resonated so much because uh, we understand that soil is a living complex, a living organism made up of all kinds of things. You know, it's the, it's literally the, the, the skin, it's the life of, of planet earth on the terrestrial side. It's the, the skin that envelops this entire planet. Um, and so, you know, thinking about uh, how, uh, what condition is it's in and, and from the facets of biology, chemistry, and physical structure, um, and what state is in, how our, our management or what our impact is on that, and, what, and how we can foster healthy, vibrant soils for productive ag systems and other all kinds of other outcomes that you know we as humans need and survive need to survive. So when we think about a soil health test, there's several different ones out there, but how are they different than your typical nutrient test? Well, in some ways, um, they're different because they might be a little bit newer or they haven't been used in the same context. So the routine nutrient analysis or, you know, what a lot of growers, most people are familiar with when you send off a sample to a commercial testing lab and have them 
provide a, an, an overview on what's going on and from a nutrient perspective it's a very very important piece to that puzzle right it's like a, we really need to understand that part to understand what's going on in our soils but we recognize that there's other pieces there's a biological component there's a physical um component to soil that's also very important potentially equally important or even more important and so uh, some of that, you know, we could, there's a, a whole list of indicators out there or soil health tests, um, and a lot to be said about it. I won't go into all that now, but, uh, you know, there's just different options out there, but they're targeting essentially different components or different functions in the soil than just chemistry, which is typically what we'd get, uh, with kind of a quote unquote business as usual soil nutrient analysis test. So if a grower is wanting to start looking at soil health, monitoring soil health in their farm, you know, what kinds of soil health tests do you recommend they start with? Well, that's a great question, Elizabeth. Uh, you know, we have been working uh, for probably the last five or six years um, and running uh, for, primarily for research purposes, a suite of tests that, that you know, we work with. Uh, our tests are... Um, they're not, you know, quote unquote, Ohio states, but they're just tests that we've uh, had a lot of experience working with and just believe that they're very meaningful. They're sensitive. There's a, you know, just like when we're trying to pick from a, a list on the you know, a menu, right? Like we go to a, a diner and we're trying to pick like, well, maybe that's a, a little bit too big for my appetite or that one's a little bit too greasy or whatever. Uh, we've got different criteria for why we pick the tests that we do. And so, uh, we're working with um, uh, primarily indicators of active organic matter, and those are a, a small but a very important slice of that total organic matter that's um, involved in nutrient cycling and turnover and overall fertility of soils. And so the three tests that we commonly work for work with is one is respiration, which is a, you know, that's a um, Solvita is a commercial imp implementation that's a 24 hour respiration test. There's a permanganate oxidizable carbon test, which is an indicator of um, available uh, biologically active carbon. And then there's on the nitrogen side, uh, soil protein test, which is again, a, an indicator of nitrogen availability in the soil. So those are really the three kind of core tests that we've worked with, although we do have a number of other tests that we kind of run routinely and are expanding some of the offerings that we do now. As people start looking into this, what's a good way for them to make a decision on which soil health test they might want to use? It's a, that's a great question. It's, it's pretty challenging time right now. It's a little bit of like wild, wild west in terms of you go to a different lab, they might be offering different things. Um, there's not a a lot of labs that actually offer these tests. So there's a lot more chatter about them than actually soils getting submitted in, in, in many instances. Um, you know, I think that it's important that you develop a, um, or that you're comfortable with the lab that you're working with. And, you know, if, if you already are working with a commercial testing lab and, and know the process and, and the personnel, then that would be a, a good place to start in my opinion. Um, there's other options out there too. Of course, we uh, as a university is uh, the Ag Crops team or OSU Extension. There's a number of kind of research projects that growers can get involved with. 
um, and submit samples for soil health analysis that way. So speaking of one of those opportunities, Steve, you know, last season we started a statewide soil health survey as part of eFields that could help our partner farmers better understand the soil health testing and what those results mean. As part of that, we collected samples from 88 fields in Ohio, and we looked at how those results differed across fields with different management practices. Um, so first off, Steve, you know, can you go over what tests we conducted on those? Um, your lab did all that work for us. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, part of this, um, I'll just take a, a step back and say that really what we're trying to do is get a little bit of a baseline, a characterization, if you will, across Ohio in terms of what some of these new or emerging or, um, you know, quote unquote, different soil health indicators are, what some of the values might be and what, what we could typically expect to find as an average, a good, or maybe a little bit below average or poor value, depending and so we know that that's going to vary a lot by soil type and where you're at in the state, you know, how much clay content, what your CEC levels are in those soils. that's going to drive some of those values to a large extent, in addition to management. So it's a, it's a bit of a complicated story, you know, um, like, like many things it's, you know, planet earth is a complicated place to live in and, and soils is no exception to that. Right. So um, we, part of this trial, we had three different depths that we, we sampled to, we sampled a zero to four, zero to six, and then zero to eight. And we wanted to look at some of the stratification that happened, uh, and, and relate that to management and to soils as well. So to answer your question, the tests that we ran were, um, a permanent oxidizable carbon. This is a kind of a bread and butter test in our lab. We just think it's a very good overall indicator of soil health. If you had to pick like one thing, uh, you could pick a number of different measurements, but we, we would often kind of default to permanganate oxidizable carbon or POPs. Um, we also measured, kind of did the, a routine soil nutrient analysis because we believe that's very important and looked at things like pH and total organic matter and then extractable nutrients um, and how those varied by depth and by management. And then finally, uh, we did a measurement trying to not just look at the chemistry and, and kind of a biophysical uh, or biochemical, that, that pox, epoxy indicators really, we think of that as kind of a biochemical or a biological soil health. Um, but then we also had a, a physical component which looked at aggregate stability. And so that's really getting at the physical piece of the soil. We understand that Soil aggregation is a really, you know, a, a well-structured soil with, with well-developed macropores and porosity, allowing air and gas to move in and out of it is a very, very important part of having a healthy soil. And so the ag stability tests uh, got at that and looked a little bit at that. Yeah, I think it's important to mention on that, you know, when we started having the discussions about what we were going to measure you know, there were so many options on the table and, and the things we really prioritized were affordability so that farmers that participate could also run similar tests on their own fields so they could start comparing and benchmarking on their own farm. Um, the repeatability of these tests, I know you mentioned earlier, it's kind of the wild, wild west with what some of these labs are offering. And we looked at what was, was commonly used in Ohio as well. Yeah, it's really important. Like, you know, again, um, we're, we come at it, try to be very pragmatic about this and realize that, uh, well, first of all, 
there's, you know, soil science as a, as a discipline has been around for a long time. And we've got lots of ways to measure all kinds of things on the soil. And we could do that. But, um, what, you know, the challenge, of course, is trying to find things that are rapid, inexpensive. Commercial soil testing labs will pick up an offer and that they actually reflect some sort of, you know, management piece, right? So we, we need things, we need indicators or measurements that, that help us um, understand how our management is impacting things or what we can do to manage better, right? So um, it, it's a little bit, you know, without getting too far into the weeds here, it's like a little, it's, it, it can be challenging to think about how to pick the quote unquote right indicators. And oftentimes, the right set of indicators um, are different. They're different depending on your goals and, you know, so, uh, or what you're trying to do or the soils that you're farming, you know, um, without being, you know, overly academic about this, it's like, it's complicated. And there's, you know, there's some thought that, that often needs to go in to really figure out what are quote unquote, the best, best things to measure. So I know, there was a lot of analysis you know, that went into looking at all the results from these 88 fields, but could you give us a summary of, you know, some of the big takeaways that we learned from 2020? Sure. Yeah. So I think, you know, one of the things is again, this just trying to get a little bit better idea of a baseline characterization. So we certainly generated some data and have a better idea in terms of what, depending on where you're at in the state, what those values might be. Um, Another thing is that, you know, we really did understand that, um, for example, CEC, this cation exchange capacity on our soil test, we know is a very important um, predictor of how much carbon your soil might have, right? So as that CEC value goes up, your clay content's going up, and as a result, your total carbon's going up. We found that with this active uh fraction of carbon, this permanganate oxidizable carbon, it's much less driven by uh, the soil type. So it's a, we believe it's more of an indicator of management than it is of, of soil type of like what type of soil that you have. So that's a, I think that's a, a really nice thing to kind of find in a local context. Um, we did look at, you know, some of the management pieces looking at years of time in cover crops and years of time in um, no-till systems or like how long that soil had been in continuous no-till. So we saw for cover crops, we saw something that we'd expect soil health in general increased over time as, as that the soils were in, or I, I should really say that soils that were in cover crops for a long period of time are related to, you know, higher soil health values. The no-till, um, scenario was a little bit different, a little bit more nuanced, and we didn't see that kind of same relationship. So we, you know, we just think that um, that underscores from a no-till environment that um, we need to consider, I should say like other things, or we need to like think about it from, a, you know, different soils, classify things in different soil types, rather than just kind of look at it as a statewide perspective. So the take home really is that you know, we're, we're still trying to learn a little bit from, from the data that we collected. And then, you know, we're repeating this over multiple years. So we have a, a better idea and, and more observations, more fields that we'll sample to get a little bit better picture, a little bit more robust picture of this. I think it's exciting. You know, soil has been around for 
thousands, tens of thousands of years, and we're still learning stuff about it. And there's still potential for us to increase production through our soils. So that's always exciting to see things like that. And it's fun to do research on those and check out and learn new things about your farm. And so if you're interested in seeing some of that, um, what other farms found in 2020, um, is that page 222, Elizabeth, in your e-fields report? Yeah. Um, so the summary from 2020 is on page 222. Like you said, if you haven't gotten a copy of the eFields report yet, you can download one at go.osu.edu slash eFields. And um, as you mentioned, again, we're continuing this work in 2021. So Steve, do you have some details for folks who may be interested in being involved in volunteering some of their fields for sampling? Sure. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, we were real pleased with last year's turnout and think that it was a, 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 an overwhelming success. We wanted to build on that, get some more data, sample some more fields, like I was saying. We've got support from Ohio Soybean Council with this. We're fortunate to have their, their support to help, um, you know, uh, finance some of this. But we're basically looking for growers um, across the state to essentially partner with your local county extension educator and um, submit a sample um, or a set of samples through the eFields framework. And so it's uh, really a super low commitment um, uh, endeavor. All you need to do is really reach out to a county educator uh, either you sample or have the educator come out and sample your fields. They'll, they'll be happy to do that. Um, mail that into the lab. Uh, wait a few months and we'll get you some results back in, you know, a kind of a summer report. So there's no um, sometimes, you know, everyone's busy these days and some people have more more interest or time. But this is really just going out for a single sampling time point, filling out, giving us a little bit of background about that field and how they've been managed and and we'll provide essentially a, a, what amounts to a free soil health analysis on that. That's pretty cool. I didn't get a chance to be involved last year, but I've got three different farmers signed up this year and maybe more by the time we finish sampling. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we're looking for spring, uh, uh, like spring to early summer sampling. So hopefully we could get soils pulled, say, by the end of June. Um, so if you are interested, you know, no need to wait um reach out and um you know come and get it while it's good <laughs> so steve to wrap up your team's also been working on putting together some additional resources about soil health do you want to share your website for that yeah I'd, i'll just say like you know we recognize there's a lot to be said about soil health um there's plenty of research that still needs to be done but there's also plenty of education that needs to be done and just trying to help growers think through and, and, you know, the industry think through what this means, how we can actually use this. You know, we're not at this point where it's uh, get your soil tested and then all of a sudden we're going to give you, you know, three sets of values and be able to provide or tweak your nitrogen rate recommendation based on that, right? Like a lot of this is really still in this early phases. So uh, we do, we have been trying to develop resources for uh, education and 
one of the things the main landing page for this is a is a soilhealth.osu.edu so that's our um that is our our website soilhealth one word.osu.edu and then in that uh I, I will say if you know if if you haven't come across we had a really productive and and high quality winter webinar series with a number of different speakers both in state and out of state and that is uh, that was coordinated through our ag crops team uh, that link to those recordings are on the soil health uh, website under um, under the resources tab so you know if you want to just poke around on that soilhealth.osu.edu and you can see some things we're in the early stages so feel free you know if you've got requests or questions reach out to us um, and we can see how we can help if we can um, we'd, we'd love to and um, you know, just understand that this is kind of an emerging field, and still plenty, plenty to learn and plenty to be said. So we need growers' help in that process. We need to, you know, we need your help to partner with us and and have this be kind of a co-learning um, endeavor. Great, Steve. Well, thank you for your time, and thank you so much for your leadership on this project. Um, we're looking forward to being a part of it and. Uh, seeing what the results are next year. Great. Well, yeah, I appreciate appreciate the time uh, to, to to chat and yeah, let us know you know what we can do to help. And um, it's an exciting time to to be to be um, in love with soil like I am. So, thanks for listening to the Agronomy and Farm Management podcast. Join us again in two weeks for our next episode. Hey, podcast listeners. Just a reminder to give us a like or subscribe so you know when we release new episodes. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to leave us a review also. We appreciate the comments.